I fell into a ring of fire. I fell in. When you kiss me, fever, when you hold me tight. Fever. Welcome to Fever FM. We're going to discuss the A-League men's team and in particular a very fine win on on the weekend in some sunny conditions. Welcome all. How do we feel about that game? It's quite uh, quite happy, thanks, uh, Frosty. Watching football is much nicer when your team's winning, right? Oh, yes. And when they're winning so emphatically, it just makes it that little bit nicer. Yeah, in the sunshine, it wasn't too bad either. Um, like they say, you can't beat Wellington on a good day, and it was a good day on the field and in the uh, skies as well. Shall we roll on into it as we go? Um, some changes to the starting 11 uh, after the dramatic changes the previous week. Um, what was what was interesting to you guys? It's firstly, because Payne moving aside was one, and, and Cullen Elliott starting at right back. Uh, especially going up against Azani, um, you know, and Cullen's, you know, still relatively, you know, early in his career, um, and to have the backing of Ufi to, to try do a job against Azani, who, let's face it, that's basically MacArthur's only route to goal, really. Well, no Davila. Yeah. Well, he wasn't playing, was he? So yeah, they're they pretty one-dimensional. Um, so I guess having the backing to do that was maybe a little bit of surprise to me. Yep, that's fair. Um, what about Costa? Well, he scored a goal, didn't he? <laughs> well, it was more—it was more meaning about uh, about um, about starting. I actually, I think that it's just an indication, generally, that the changes they made for Melbourne City were a specific tactic, rather than to have, um, uh, rather than maybe punishment or whatever for a player not particularly doing well. I think he was specifically looking at a particular tactic for keeping it tight against City and then you know hitting late, which is what happened in playing fast break uh, for the other 60 minutes. Whereas this time he's come back in and gone back to our normal, almost normal 11 with uh, you know the players that are in form bar Wayne, um, possibly because you couldn't play Wayne and Zawada on and Costa and all on the same team, um, you do someone is going to have to drop. So, yes, yeah, so I think it was, it was more of a back to the norm after what was a a different thought process for City. I mean, it's it's been quite noticeable, I guess, Costa's performance in the last two games or game and a half when he has been playing up top. He looks a completely different player than when he did when he's playing wide. He looked, you know, dangerous. Lots of lots of the play, dangerous play went went through him. Um, on Sunday, so um, you couldn't really sort of look at you know him starting and think that was a mistake by any by any stretch. Um, the other noticeable thing to the uh, starting lineup, all wearing pink. Uh, what do we think of the uh, kit and the um, promotion that was done, the gumboot? Yeah, obviously, I am. I am hope is a brilliant uh, charity. Um, uh, give my full support to that. Uh, I'm surprised it was pink. To be honest, it was uh, quite a bold statement of a strip but i think it worked it was um yeah it uh, was certainly certainly stood out i'd say it's magenta yeah really? i i i have said the same thing it is i'm assuming that we're going to do a full cm uh, yk 
strip at some stage and really get the printers set off quite nicely. I mean, if, we, a, if we're going to talk shades of pink on shirts, Boxy's the one who needs to weigh in on this conversation. <laughs> yes. Many thoughts on that topic. Listeners yeah. will be pleased to know that I watched this week's game. Um, <laughs> and I thoroughly enjoyed the kit as a starting point. Well, you were wearing basically the same kit. I know. I got asked so many times if I knew what colour the kit was going to be based on my outfit, but it was just purely coincidental that I happened to be wearing the same colour. Into the game, it seemed to be purely coincidental that um, the man up front for MacArthur was wearing the same colour because he was a bit poo early doors. Um, Someone suggested he reminded them of, of the policeman off a lower low not just in looks but in footwork uh i'm not <laughs> sure whether that was you dave but it sounds witty enough to be no, brutal. yeah it was brutal but to be fair he was pretty bang average that first shot he just smashed at ollie sale like ollie was going to get out the way that, that first 20 minutes right that first 20 minutes so they had three really good clear-cut opportunities that they should have done so so much better with um and you're right. They, they, I, I felt they were much stronger for that for the start of that, and with someone up front who could, who maybe had a bit of composure, and took it took just a fraction longer on the ball, they could easily have had a couple. So yeah, um, I didn't realise it was falling to the same guy because my depth from where I was watching was pretty average down for the far end. But yeah, yeah, they certainly started strong, and I think I think even when we started to get into the game, the the cynical Phoenix fan in me was still convinced. Um, you know, we were dominating, we were creating some good chances and we were going to concede one on the counter because they did still look reasonably dangerous. Um, not because they were really creating anything, but just what they had created in those first few minutes um, could have come back at any moment. And it wasn't really until uh, we actually put a goal in that I was feeling a bit more comfortable about it because it really felt like one of those games where we might play some decent football and still not get anything out of it. Yeah, I think as that first half wore on, we, we started to get a foothold. And, and as Dave said, that's where my you know, history of supporting the Phoenix know that that's, that's going to end up bad. And I jumped on mo- mobile TAB to put on first goal scorers, MacArthur. And then duly three minutes later, Ben Ol pops up uh, to rifle one into, into the far corner. So, yeah, it was, I'd like to take credit for that. Thanks. Yeah. Well done. Well done, mate. We appreciate it. Because it came in quite the unlikely fashion. Um, as uh, Clayton Lewis pointed out, the short man with the square head managed to do a beautiful flick on from uh, the near side, from outside the uh, near side post into the far corner. Um, that was a beautiful technical header. Yeah, has he has he headed it away and it curled it back? Is that do I remember that he hit it with the right hand side of his head, flicking it on? Yeah, he flicked it on and went for um, a cross goal. It was. It was I genuinely don't understand how it's possible to have that much accuracy and that much power from your head. Like, do they have really sore necks? Like, it just seems <laughs> impossible. Yeah. It's just a fantastic technique. I mean, going with the ball, as you say, it's really hard to do. And he's managed to absolutely nail it. And he was facing away from goal too, wasn't he? He Does was remember, making a run outside the near post. and he Yeah. Flipped. Yeah, it's, it's, you're right, Trace. It was a, it's, an, it's an impossible th- way to score, and he's just done so well. Um, Kurto with the Kurto dive too, which is great. There's no point diving for that, buddy. You're never getting to it. But he does that full stretch anyway, and I thought that was a, a nice callback moment to when he was playing here. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't think that was deliberate, mate. I thought I think he was trying to actually keep that one out. Um, it wasn't the uh, histrionic dive. And speaking of histrionic dives, we should probably talk about Mr. Arzani absolutely throwing himself on the ground. I'm not sure whether he was trying to just leave a divot in the pitch or what, but that I mean, was I've, pretty blatant. I'm going to defend him slightly, not because it wasn't a dive, because it absolutely was. But he might have got fouled a touch earlier, and I think in the afters where he was talking to the referee, he was indicating he was still off balance, which was complete oh. nonsense. But that's that's what he was trying to argue was that he biffed himself down because of the slightly earlier contact he'd received, which that's bullshit. You shouldn't be biffing yourself down like that anyway. But that was what he was arguing, not that he'd been clipped there, that he was he was still stumbling. And yeah, but I mean, the replays showed that to be absolute nonsense too. So I have no sympathy. Can I just put the headline down? Man who constantly biffs himself on ground, biffs himself on ground again and says it wasn't me. Yeah, well, he's lucky not to get a card, to be honest. He should have got a card. He should easily have got a card. And I I actually think the ref had a pretty good game. Um, The MacArthur players chirped at her a lot for that entire game. But the only thing I would fault that performance for was the not giving Arzani a card. Because he thoroughly deserved a yellow for that dive. It was awful. And the VAR, she's called the dive. So she's seen it. She should know she has to give a yellow. VAR should be telling her that she has to give a yellow because they're VAR can't intervene. Not on a yellow card. They, they, they can review that and they would have reviewed it and they could have given an opinion because of that because it was a penalty shout of the box. Um, they can't they can't review for a yellow card. But I think I think generally across that first half, the threshold was set very high for a yellow card. Um, just in general, there were a few challenges there that I think in a lot of games, even in the first half, could have been yellow cards that weren't given here, especially, as you say, with uh, with the players getting in the face after and all of that. I think the, the referee let quite a lot, um, you know, called the foul, but let it go as just a foul rather than, um, you know, final warnings or yellows, which I think could have been issued. But still, had a decent game, to be honest. I think that's where she lost the game, to be honest. Um, up till the point for that with that um, dive, I thought she was doing okay, a little bit lenient, but I thought it was kind of... But after that, with all the MacArthur players getting in her face, not giving the card for the dive, not certainly um, Arzani went at her for a good couple of minutes afterwards, even after she told him to walk away. The, when she let that go, it's kind of like, well, that... Yeah, it gave everyone free license, and I think they they really pushed their limits. He's a bit of a petulant wanker, isn't he, old Azani? Like he was, like, he was complaining the entire game, as you say, and then um, he was complaining to the assistant coach as they were leaving the field. He took an extra twenty minutes to come off the field <laughs> just while he was getting in the air of. I assume it's their assistant coach. It's yeah. I, I don't know how you can seriously say he's a professional footballer destined for higher honours when he loses his head like that. It's just, I don't get it. He's the be-all and end-all of the A-League, mate. We all know that. The next Harry Kane. Not Harry Kane. God. Robbie Fowler. Harry Kuehl, mate. Harry Kuehl, God. (laughs) He said God. Robbie Fowler is God, mate. Come on. (laughs) It's like you can't even look in the mirror without seeing Harry Kuehl. How the hell do you forget his name? (laughs) Dale looks in the mirror. He sees Kane instead. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's another diver, isn't he? 
he looks just awkward, mate. That's just him. Um, we should add that uh, Azani had a pretty good shot at goal that Oli Sale has kept out. Uh, nice bit of work there. Um, I've heard people suggesting that maybe Ollie's not in great form, but he still seems to be making pretty good stops for mine. Yeah, I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, I think oh, that you don't know where you're coming from or where those um, rumours are coming from. I don't think he's been in bad form particularly. I can't think of a goal that he should have kept out this season. Yeah, he seems still sees marshalling his back line pretty well, so I'm not sure where that's, um, where that's come from. I mean, especially by A-League standard as well. I mean, we see some pretty average keeping performances in, you know, top teams, you know, they'll finish top four and have pretty average keeper across the season. Ollie's certainly above above that standard by some margin. Um, I mean, the, the the goal they did score, maybe he could have done a little better, but he's never favourite there in this game. And, and the other saves he made, I thought were pretty good. So yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault him at all for that. We should we should mention that goal for sure. Uh, going into the sheds at halftime, one nil up. Uh, unfortunately, um, Dale's favourite player gets subbed on on the 59th minute with his first touch, nudges it underneath Ollie Sale on a breakaway, uh, and that was one all. How were we feeling at that stage? Were we starting to get the the Nixie wobbles? Dale thought his money was coming in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I think he only went first goal, didn't you, Dale? No, I I, I doubled down on MacArthur. To <laughs> it's, it's called happiness insurance, Frosty. Do you not know about this? You, I, I do remember you telling me how much they were paying, and I thought, wow, that yeah, it was, was a hell of a payout. I think it was 420 I think. Jeez, um, that's by, all right. Yeah. By the way, we do not endorse uh, gambling in any way, shape, or form. Don't we? <laughs> I thought as long as you gamble responsibly. I mean, I feel like they literally used to sponsor Yellow Fever. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do. I distinctly recall banners on the forum page. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, it certainly made me feel a bit, uh, a bit nervous when they equalised so quickly. Then obviously that uh, that free kick, a fair way. I didn't realise quite how far away um, from the goal it was for uh, Clayton Lewis. Um, obviously, end on you don't see the full uh, full distance. But I think I turned to you, Dale, and said. Clayton's had such a bad game. If he doesn't want the sprayer from Mufi, yeah. he needs to stick yeah. this in. And to be fair, he stuck that in. That is a long way out, and he has left um, left the keeper with nothing. Yeah. Well, it, I've actually called that one on the sidelines as well. I was uh, standing with one of the other photogs, and uh, as soon as that free kick was uh, scored, I moved behind the goal and said uh, said to the uh, said to the photog that came with me, uh, top bins. Uh, top uh, left foot top ends from Lewis here, and uh, yeah, did it instantly. So there's something about a, a, a free kick that hits the underside of the the post and bounces over the line that just somehow makes it a bit more juicy. I don't know why it's better than yeah, yeah. you know, a hitting bit more the... specially rather than just going. Yeah, it's you know it is just sneaked in. I think yeah. so. Yeah. It makes it that much more unsavable. Actually, it's interesting. I was listening to Dwight York's press conference, and um, he was—he said something like that he he needed a second look to see whether Kurto should have done better. I was like, "Well, that is a very high bar that you are setting right there, son." Yeah, I I get what he's bar. saying because it was it wasn't right in the side, but yeah, it wasn't in the, it wasn't in the top corner. It was, but yeah. still, it yeah. was so high up and just far enough out. There's no way Kurto's getting that 
even if he grabbed, pulled his other arm off and hit it with that. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's rough on Kurto. Yeah. Yeah, uh, to be fair to Kurto, I thought he did pretty well kind of working out it was going there, but just couldn't touch it. I mean, that was cracking. Um, do you think our, do you, do you think our, our second wall helped in, in that um, in that process? You know how we've got this plan to having our own yeah. wall like a metre behind their wall? Do you think that actually achieves anything? So it was it was it was a meter behind. It was a meter behind, but to the side as well. So it was blocking the view beside the wall, so he couldn't see Lewis coming up. And then when Lewis starts, obviously he move that moves forward, so uh, they're in an onside position. But it has literally distracted his view completely, um, which I I think that's uh, an interesting and uh, clever ploy. Whether it works too often, I have no idea. I, but I don't think it made a blind bit of difference. It's like the Stephen Taylor to the extreme. Like he was just yeah. one dude trying to get in the way, and now we've got like four people trying to stand in the way. It's a reaction to the the, the rule change, though, isn't it? Because you're not yeah. allowed to stand in in the wall anymore. You're not allowed mm. to. Is it five yards? I think you're not no, allowed one to yard. turn off the wall. It's a meter. Is it only one meter? Yeah. But you're not you're not allowed to involve yourself in that wall. So it's not surprising to see teams developing new tactics. I'm sure we'll see all sorts of stuff. But the old tactic used to be to get a couple of players in the middle of the wall, try and disrupt it that way. Being close and still disrupting view makes just as much sense. I would have thought you've just got to commit more bodies to it, which might make it a bit less useful, I guess. But yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I thought it was, I, good. I thought it was clever. There was, uh, for me, it didn't really make a, a bit of difference. Clayton was the only one over the ball anyway, so you knew that which way it was going. It just, uh, and if you saw what they did as soon as as soon as Clayton started running in, they just all spread. I reckon it's probably just the shake. Um, shake their markers, which yeah. I think is a valid idea. I know, mate. All that all that movement in front of the goalkeeper's line of sight as the player's running in to kick the ball is going to be a distraction for him, whether you think of it or not. There's only so many things your eye can track. And if, if someone's moving across in front of Lewis kicking the ball, even if he just misses that moment of actual strike by a small fraction of a second, it can be enough to stop him getting to it. Maybe. Um, I did like uh, something I think you pointed out, Dale. Um, you pointed out that a couple of the markers went with that our, our false wall and put them all on side. Yeah, which which made a, the, the running forward kind of pointless because they were already on side. Whereas I think we've done it previously. Everyone's kind of stayed up in line with the wall. So we've had to go forward to get back on side. But... I mean, defensively, they just looked at absolute rabble at times. Like they just had like centre backs completely at different distances, like up the field, just like not a very set back line. And yeah, so it, it doesn't surprise me that after we sort of got one, they kind of just sort of shat the bed a bit and, and just you know caved like the the Red Sea caves. That doesn't sound like a like a saying. No, that's a bit of a metaphor yeah. there, buddy. Yeah, parted yeah. like the Red Sea. Parted like the Red Sea, allegedly. <laughs> You've lost it now. Yeah, I have, yeah. <laughs> Drops out the metaphor and screws his own mind. That's funny. Yeah, it was a good goal. Um, yeah. It was a it was a very good set piece goal, one that we don't tend to short, uh, score very often. Um but I've got to say, this next goal by Wayne, that little interplay with um Sutz himself and I think was it old? That's BK Borley, BK Sutz, Wayno. All one touch. It was, that was fantastic. In tight spaces, something we don't tend to see, but that was class. 
and, and the ball from BK to Sutton was a Megs as well. It went um, through, I think, Miller's uh, legs as well. Oh, nice. That makes it even better. Mm. Even the Megs, I don't think it adds so all that much to it just because the rest of it was just such quality. That's the sort of thing you expect to see from, you know, the top professional leagues, um, although not against, as Dale points out, this rabble. It's, it's quite a nice finish, actually, for, for me. It's like one of those ones where, because it's on his left foot and it's it's not going with a whole lot of pace, it's quite easy to, to scuff, especially if you're going back towards the far post. Like, if you go near post, it's a bit easier because you can kind of stroke through the ball. But the way he did it, he's trying to go sort of around it. So it's quite an easy one you can you can butcher and then look quite stupid if it hits you like standing foot on your do a big air swing so that that was uh three very high quality goals so far and capped it off with a fourth um beautiful breakout by um uh was it sale who Cost- put it Costa. out to, to costa oh. on the right um who squared it into ball uh, in the box who has read th- the situation perfectly that the defense was coming and quick look up squared it across to um, Crave, who's just slotted at home. That was another really good team goal. It was such a brief look that Borley gave as well. Like, mm. it was almost like, I'm pretty sure he's there. Let me just real quick check. Yep, sweet, release. And also, I think in other games I've seen, Borley shoots that or takes an extra touch and loses the ball or what have you. So it was, like, just great selflessness and awareness of what was around him to be able to pass that, make that pass and crave making that run, I guess. You could say the same thing about Costa, to be quite honest. Uh, he was he was ahead of his marker, but he realised that Borley was in a, a further in, better spot, slotted it to him. I thought that was that was really smart play by both of them. I think Ball has a very s- smart footballing brain, doesn't it? You can tell he's played a lot of professional games and, and just to put uh, the deft sort of pass across across the face and go, and you kind of see the the team split off in two as half of them go celebrate with Crave and half go to celebrate with Ball, which I guess probably indicates um, how well that kind of I guess goal played out. And also the the esteem they hold Ballie in, and how how they you know he's back now. Um, certainly feels like as much as everyone give, goes gives uh, Wayne and Ball grief about father and son, they they seem to have a pretty <laughs> Um, they've got a lo- lot of love for, for uh, Borley, I think. It, oh, we do too, don't we? I mean, he's he's a hard guy not to like. Fans are a different beast, like, but within the team, there's obviously a lot of... Um, he's obviously held in pretty high regard when, as Dale says, you, people are going off to celebrate with the person with, who provided the, the one-touch assist rather than the person who sold it at home. That's unusual. He's, a, he's not... a dressing room leader, mate. That's that's basically what it is. He and yep. as you said, I think Dale said earlier, so you can tell he's been a pro around a lot of dressing rooms. He's been a pro around a lot of matches. People look to him not just because he's older than a lot of the other guys. Because I mean, you've got Wooten in there, who's you know not exactly a young uh, young pro like some of these boys either. But he's just got that natural ability to know how to lead people, and. As I think he should have been named the captain. I mean, fortunately, he wasn't purely because of the length of time he's been out injured, but he has that captain feel to him. The mana. Perfect word, isn't it? It's the mana in that dressing room that people look to him as the guy. That he And that's probably why 
they celebrate with him. They also know what he's been through with that foot injury and the fact that he's come back and played such a key role um, and, and been involved in two of those goals uh, as well because he was obviously involved in the um, the Wayno goal as well. So, yeah, it's um, I think it's just that mana, man. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you did see an armband dropped on him in the future. I think he's the kind of player that you see that he's committed and you only have to look at, for example, playing with his broken toe or what have you for most of last season, the end of last season. And he's the kind of player that you you know how much he wants to give, so you want to match that. So as a player, you really want to – it's almost like you want to make him proud. I don't know if that sounds cheesy and lame, but I said it, so there it is. No, there are some players that you just yeah you want to bleed for. Um, and speaking of bleeding, uh, we should probably go on to the rest of the games for this round. There were some slappings dealt out, not just uh, at Sky Stadium. Uh, obviously, our four-one victory um, paled in comparison to some. Um, Adelaide got a four-two win over the Snakes. Tidy little result for them. Ibasaki. Uh, I didn't quite realise how large he is. He is a very, very big man and scored a nice little headed goal for them. Uh, that sets Adelaide up pretty nicely into the upper echelons of the league. Uh, going in the other direction, uh, Sydney FC going down 3-1 to Brisbane. Dale taking great delight while we were walking down the concourse mm. of uh, filling everyone in that it's 1-0. Oh, no, it's 2-0. It was a penalty they missed, but it's okay. Uh, Amiento has slapped at home for them. Uh, also, a nice little red card for, um, was it Palo Retre? Yeah. Uh, for what I can only describe as utter filth, Brisbane striker has made a breakaway down the, the sideline with no one no one at home uh, for Sydney, and Retre not getting anywhere near the ball, the ball being up head height and about 15 metres further up the field has just gone and kicked the Brisbane striker in the nuts from with a flying uh, studs-up challenge. And I believe Mr Harper has complained that that's not a dog, so. He just went on and on and on about it too. Like like about 10 minutes later, he was still coming back to it. He made them go and check with the officials to find out whether it was a dog, so, or violent conduct, so he could then complain even more in the commentary. It was just embarrassing. To yeah, this is what I, I think I find problematic about a lot of commentators in the A-League is that some some get fixated on some particular moment in a game and just keep thrashing it through the entire game. Whereas I think generally the overseas games I see, like they talk about it for the, for the moment and then that is it. It's moved on. The game is continuing and it never, never gets talked about until sort of like post-match analysis or something. Yeah. But yeah, his... His ability to know the, the laws of the game are, is is fairly low. I mean, yeah, there was absolutely no one, no one near him. Um, he would have a free run to goal. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not sure if I question the dog. So I, I don't quite know the the ins and outs. But how you can even question that? You know, that shouldn't be a red card. That is brutal, unnecessary, and just completely against the spirit of the game. It just it felt like he should have just shut the fuck up, excuse my language, um, because it was a red card all day. 
uh, and another and one of the red cards this season that you couldn't possibly argue with. No. Some of the other ones, but sketchy. This one, nah, nailed on. Um, going on to the rest of the uh, games this round, uh, Melbourne City rebounding from their draw from us to absolutely flog a hapless Perth. Um, Mariners doing something that absolutely warms my heart um, and giving a, the Wanderers a 3-0 touch-up. Oh, how I love that. I also love watching um, Marco Rudan get very worked up about this. It was glorious. If you get a chance to watch it, just watching his blood pressure peak to the point of actually <laughs> steaming. Oh, I mean, it's nice, like, finally seeing someone, you know, to smash them because they've, well, they're unbeaten or maybe they're second. They weren't playing particularly well and just, like, eking out, like, lucky results and finally someone's gone around and smacked them one which has been nice yeah yeah to be fair um they were looking mariners are looking pretty good anyway uh cool came on and i think it has felt to me that since he signed for newcastle he has grown another foot he's just looked really really good even as a, a as a, an impact sub he's looked really good and he's made coming look even better um he just looks like he glides across the ground, eh? Like he, he just doesn't look like it's effortless, effortlessly. That turn he did in the box to beat a defender while standing still was was classy as well. Um, finally, the victory uh, wrapped up a fairly comprehensive, well, I say fairly, a very comprehensive 4-0 win over the Jets, um, making me question what the hell we did wrong, but things in the past and Newcastle. So, yeah, a, a very lopsided round, uh, bringing the uh, table to um, an interesting place. Victory still all steam ahead, uh, sitting on top with 13 points. Uh, as you mentioned, Dale, Wanderers sitting second with now with 10, uh, Adelaide third with eight, uh, Mariners fourth on seven, but only having played four games with Victory and Sydney rounding out the uh, six with seven points. And then there's three teams, including ourselves, uh, who are on six points. MacArthur, five. Perth, Glory on three somehow. And Western United stinking up the joint. Um, Did you guys see Leo Lacroix? Um, he was being found out by attackers all through the beginning of the season. Now he's stopped waiting for them to walk past him and is actually slotting them in his own goal. <laughs> it was... Like, uh, worse, than Cle- worse than Cleverson, let's put it that way. It was horrific. Did it, you just it, say that Victory were top? I'm sure I heard you say Victory were top of the table, not City. No, it's City. I'm, I, sure I, it is city. I'm not saying that I didn't say it, but it's definitely yeah. City. Okay. It's depressing. it's depressing to see that if we hadn't conceded that last goal against Adelaide would be third. Mm. Thanks for pointing that out, Dale. Yeah, no worries. Always always helpful. Um if, if we hadn't shit the bed against Newcastle, we could probably be even higher. Yeah, that's a dip- sorry. Bring us on a downer. We're all getting tired. We should probably skip over to the New Zealand football. The results in the local league is Cashmere Tech getting a nice four two. Uh, win over Napier City. Uh, Auckland City uh, getting up 2-0 over the um, Weenix at 
Kiwitea Street. Cam Howison cracking one from a billion miles out. It's like that, 70, eh? Easily was, 70 metres. With, was with the wind, but still, that was a yeah. that was yeah. well hit. It's, it's, uh, after, like, Sam Mason Smith's goal last week, you kind of like, oh, that's a contender for goal of the season. Cam Howison's gone. Nah, hold, hold, my hold my red ball and watch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that is a beautiful one. Um, I felt very sorry for the keeper because he would have seen that for a long way and had nothing. Yeah, I, I, I was about to say the goalkeeper in me feels a bit, a bit sad for him because he's done nothing wrong, like, he's not in a bad position. It's just no, not some, he's just been you know thrown up by, a, by an absolute ripper. I, I can't imagine how sick he was feeling as that ball was going over his head. Um, uh, on to Bubbles, continuing their great run, uh, getting 3-1 over Auckland United. That is some valuable three points. And uh, a great game of football too. Very good game. Trace and I were both there. It was, um, yeah, really, really good watch. Uh, I can't see, I can't see, I say this now and I'll probably jinx them, I can't see anyone stopping Olympic in the form that they're in at the moment. Oh, why, why did you do it, Ken? Yeah, um, I'm not a fan, so I'm 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 a, I'm a uh, neutral. I'm just supporting all Wellington teams. So, yeah. Uh, what was that? What was that, Trace? Uh, speaking of the word that uh, Tracy uttered, unfortunately, Rangers slumped to another loss. This time at home versus Christchurch United. Uh, Trace proving that she is not the lucky charm she thought she was. Sorry, love. It's not you. It's them. <laughs> uh, Melbourne United got a nice 2-0 win over Birkenhead. So that leaves Bubbles sitting on top very nicely. Two points over Auckland City, Auckland United in third, and Birkenhead rounding out the four. Um, that is the current round. Um, I think with the um, with the Birkenhead losing to Melville, that pretty much makes the final a three-horse race now um, between Bubbles, Auckland City and Auckland United. I'll be honest, mate. It's Bubbles and Auckland City, isn't it? I think, obviously, favourites to do so. But, yeah, there's still you know, there's still three games to play. There's enough, um, enough water under the bridge for that to change. But it does feel like it's going to be that. Okay, so uh, the upcoming games, uh, local games, are Christchurch United hosting Auckland City. Uh, I suspect that will be a bit lopsided. Uh, Auckland, Uni- Auckland United hosting Kashmir Tech. Rangers hosting Melville. Um, you'd hope that's a bit of redemption at David Farrington. Uh, the Weenix hosting uh, Bubbles in a local game at Fraser Park. That is at 12pm. If you want to get there, the um, Rangers game is uh, 3.30 on the Saturday as opposed to the Sunday game. Is the Oh, that um, Weenix game is at Fraser Park rather than the stadium. I think, I think it was supposed to be at the stadium, but it seems to have been transferred. Yeah, I, it, the timing looks like it was meant for it, but it says Fraser Park on my list, and I didn't compile it, so I probably didn't. And Fraser Park is correct. I checked. Okay. Uh, Napier City are hosting Birkenhead. Rounding back to the Knicks, their game, well, sorry, the A League, their games for this upcoming round are uh, Adelaide United uh, playing victory on the Friday night. Uh, Sydney FC, uh, oh, it's the Sydney Derby, or one of the Sydney Derbies, 
I don't know which one now. Uh, that's also on. Uh, that's on Saturday night. Mariners playing Macarthur on Sunday. The Jets playing Melbourne City on Saturday, and the Knicks hosting the Western United Snakes Sunday, three pm at the stadium. That this is the last game before the break, I believe. Correct. This is the last game before the World Cup. So, yes, if you want to see some local football, um, please get along. Uh, good game last time, and hopefully turn it into two good games. You know this is one of these games where we, we, we butcher a day. Don't, like, why? Why, Dale? Well, we're, we're playing with yeah. United. Uh, they are dog shit. We are at home, coming off a good win. I mean, it all lines up for us getting smashed. <laughs> it does, but we don't say it. Yeah. Any other team you're thinking, we'll win this game 4-0, except for the Phoenix. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm quite willing to believe we're going to break that hoodoo just because every forward is just going to be running straight at Leo Lacroix um, and just waiting for him to kick it in his own goal. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't even need this. to do anything. Just let him kick it in himself. It's fine. <laughs> uh, score predictions, Dale's obviously gone that we're going to get flogged. Good on you, Dale. Uh, what about you, Dave? Oh, I think we should win this, and I, I hope we do. Um, you know, it's the last game before the break. Ufi will be telling them to leave nothing out there. So, you know, get out there, put them to the sword, win the game comfortably. Uh, Trace? We're going to win 2-0. 2-0? Yeah. Oof. You have not seen the Snakes play this season, have you? No. Or, or see us defend. Yeah, true. I, I, I think it'll be something like 3-1, 3-2, 4-1, something like that. Again, there'll be goals in it, um, just because they say they defend poorly and we've had some moments at the back. Yeah, I think we win it, though. I genuinely think we win it. I think it will be goals, and I think we will win it, too. Um, so I suspect it's in it. We don't we don't endorse gambling, but get on overs for total goals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should probably wrap it up there, everybody, because it's getting late, and I'm an old man, and Cam's looking like he's already asleep. To be quite honest, yeah, that reflection in my glasses kind of makes me look like I've nodded off. <laughs> and there was a point there where I think you may have actually had a brief nap. No, 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 I was listening to everything everybody said. I was just like head back, but you couldn't tell if my eyes were open back, or closed because the glass, re- no, the glass is reflection, man. You can't see, you can't actually tell. Well, we'll, we'll hope that uh, we can um, bring a better pod for you next time, mate. Keep you awake and more interested. Thanks, uh, thanks, buddy. And thank you all for listening. Um, good night. Hope you enjoyed it. Bye. Bye.